Good morning. Good to see you this morning. I'm really glad you're here. Uh, we're starting a message series that we're calling Teaming Together. And I, I've been looking forward to this one. It, it's going to be unique. We're going to explore God's design for teams and teams in the church and teams of churches teaming together to do what God has called us to do. And so it's, it's going to be fun. I've really never uh, done anything quite like this. We are going to hear from, in this series, uh, the pastors of four churches that we cooperate with in the so- SoCal area. So it's going to be fun. I'm going to be roaming around uh, the next few weeks at, at the different churches, and you'll have, we'll flip with, switch with the guys at those churches. But if you think about it, the important endeavors, the things that really matter in life require a team effort. I was thinking of this when I was watching the Operation Christmas Child uh, video, just just all the work, all the teaming that needs to happen to send those boxes to as many kids as possible in other countries across the world. That that requires a team. We We raise children in teams. It's a team effort. You know, parents are the quarterback, the dad's leading, the mom's uh, working with the kids mostly, and they're, they're teaming up. And we call those teams families. If you want to succeed in your career, uh, you need to be a team player. Because <laughs> you can get way more done on a team than you can alone. And if you want your life to make an eternal impact, then... You're going to have to join God's team. He, he, he's made life to work as a team in teams. And if you want to make a real significant difference with your life, you join God's team and you become a part of what he's doing in the world, which is through the church, through his body. We've been created for more than just passing time and consuming resources we have an important role to play in what God's doing in the world in the context of the church body. If, if we don't do our part, God's work is still going to go on. It's going to be done anyway. But you and I, if we don't do our part, we're going to miss the opportunity to be involved in something very significant, what is eternally significant. So we, we miss out if we don't join in. The work of God advances not as individuals do good deeds, but as a team of people work together to do God's work. This is how it happens. So, as I said, unique to this series, you're going to hear from several pastors we work closely with in the Southern California area. Our our churches team together to do more uh, separately than we could do alone. And I'm looking forward to you meeting my friends. Some of them you know better than others. Um, I, I'll just walk through what we're going to do. Here's a picture of us when we were planning this message series together. Basically, we all team together to, uh, rate, to train leaders. And I'll talk about that a little more as we go along and then we also team together we pool resources we help each other out to develop training programs and other things 
that we do. In this series, we'll hear from Bevan Unra from Seabreeze Church. He's the guy over here on the left. Uh, he's in Huntington Beach. He's been there for 28 plus years. We're, we're really good friends. We're also going to hear from Josh De La Rosa, who went out from our church. Many of us know Josh. He went out from our church. He's over here on the right. And uh, he went to plant a church uh, in Riverside, the Orange Crest area of Riverside, in 2007. And then we would hear from Alex. You know Alex. He's on staff at Church of the Valley. He's the campus pastor in Alhambra. We would hear from him, uh, but he's been asked to uh, speak at Hope Church in Fort Worth. And something we all have in common is... We're, we're all, at least Seabreeze and Church in the Valley, we have been planted out of Hope Church in Fort Worth. Uh, Harold Bullock is the pastor. And the other churches uh, are, are granddaughter churches. So we're daughter churches, uh, Seabreeze and us, and then uh, the other two churches are granddaughter churches. Um, but anyway, Alex has been asked to speak at Hope. And so how do you tell your mom no? You know, it's, it's really tough. So we, we decided to let him go ahead and speak. That would be helpful for them and helpful for him. And so he's going to be speaking there. So Thad Lanthrop is going to take his, his spot. So here's a brief preview of this series, Teaming Together. Uh, today I'm introducing it, stressing the importance of teaming together, looking what scripture says about that. Next week, Thad Lanthrop stepping into Alex Barrett's spot. And he's going to talk about the power of teaming. He'll address God's design for teaming in ministry and show how the impact is multiplied through teams. And then on November 12th, you'll hear from Bevan Unruh. I'll be in Seabreeze at Seabreeze. Next week, I'm going to be at Orange Crest Church in Riverside. And then on November 12th, you hear from Bevan Unruh. He talks about teaming for growth because it's as we team together that we grow. This is the way God designed it. As each part of the body, the church body, does its part, we grow. That's the picture you see in Ephesians 4. So he's going to talk about that. Bevan and I have been friends for over 30 years. Uh, We attended the same graduate school in theology. We trained together at Hope Church in Fort Worth. Bevan has a love for God and a love for God's Word, the Bible, and he's a very gifted communicator. I think you'll enjoy hearing from him. Uh, he's an excellent teacher. He has a tenacity to dig into the Word, and he has a real wisdom in organization that I draft off of. He's, he sharpens me and challenges me, and the fact that we're able to go shoulder to shoulder is a real benefit to me. On November 19th, uh, you're going to hear from Josh De La Rosa. Uh, he'll share a message called the team parade. (laughs) And uh, many of you know, Josh, as I said, his message will focus on the mission we serve uh, in church life. In other words, the parade, where, where are we going here? What's the parade route? Where, where are we trying to go? Josh really loves God. Uh, He was on staff here for, I think five years. He was at the church for eight years, but he was on staff for five years very diligent man. He loves God, loves people with an intensity that challenges me. He's a tremendous example to me of a man who walks with God. He walks in the Spirit. And he has a discernment I draw on 
quite often. I deeply appreciate his faithfulness, and I'm challenged by it. On November 26th, I'm going to be back. Hopefully, you'll welcome me back. <laughs> but I'm going to be back, and I'm going to talk. I'm going to, I'm going to share the message that I'm sharing at all the other churches because I didn't want to leave you guys out. Um, but it's called Team Colors, and we're going to look more specifically at what brings us together as a group of churches and the giant goals that we're trying to accomplish as a network. And it's amazing what God's doing, what God's done. And it's going to be awesome as we set out to do the giant things that God's laid on our heart to do. Anyway, what we want to communicate is that our church is a part of a team of churches called the 17-6 Network. One of the purposes of this series to help you gain an appreciation for our network of churches, to learn about what we're trying to do and accomplish together, which impacts us here. And as we do that, of course, we want to we learn some things that Scripture has to say about our lives. The founder of our network is Harold Bullock. As I said, he leads uh, Hope Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, he started it, and this is the common heritage that we all share as churches. Harold has advised all of us and really been used by God to strengthen our efforts at the different churches. We asked him to do a brief video uh, to share about his original vision for planting Hope Church and for what he hoped to happen out of that and the need to team together in churches. Here's Harold. When I was a young man in 1970, I landed at the University of Southern California to work on my Ph.D. in chemistry. Uh, My direction was to do the chemistry and make money. I began to learn how to walk with God while I was at USC. And as a result, toward the end of the year, the Lord told me I was going into the ministry, which I had not planned on. And it was very clear so my direction shifted. I married a lady that I'd met in California, and we began our home. And for several years, did student ministry at the Los Angeles Association of Churches, starting student ministries around the eastern L.A. region. Then the Lord directed to Fort Worth to finish up graduate school in theology. So my wife and I moved to Fort Worth, intending to get back to California. We finished up seminary, and then the direction came that we're to remain in Fort Worth, though the call of the surf was strong. We began a church here. I had a lot of experience had gone behind the start, a lot of learning. And we began a church to intentionally try to reach the part of the county that did not go to church, and also to help people grow and really learn to value and love the things of the kingdom of God. Over time, we hoped to produce men and women who would go out to plant churches other places. And a group grew up to team with us here in Fort Worth to make that happen. And over time, it really has happened. Uh, A large number of churches have been started. And as time has gone on, some of the men have pulled together, banded together as a team, to make things happen. You know, the work of God takes teams. It takes two things, teams and time. It also takes money. 
but it takes a team. God raises up leaders who are unique, but around each one of them will gather a team. And those teams pull together, pool their resources, and because of the mutual strengths, they produce impact. So it's been fun to see the 17.6 network grow, uh, develop, and begin producing impact. Teams that last through time make wide impacts. Many times Americans think of the next few months or maybe the next year or two or maybe even three or four years. But in the kingdom of God, things last through generations. Teams that have long-term vision and are willing to put their shoulders together to push for the right things in the long term, they make lasting impacts. I would like to encourage you as you pull together team. Don't try to do it all as an individual team. It requires a group of people. This is what the body of Christ is about. Team. And then team through time. Work together. Things go slow in ministry. Things go slow in building. But what is built lasts. So I want to encourage you. I challenge you. Make your life count. Blend your lives together. Go shoulder to shoulder. Team together and make the things dear to the heart of God come alive around you. Team and team through time. All right. About well over 200 churches have been started out of hope. And so there's, there's a movement of churches that we're connected to that have come out of there. Um, funny. Several of the churches are here in Southern California. I don't know how that worked out, but, you know, Harold loves it. Yeah, he has a heart for it. And so we ended up here. I'm from here, so I went there to get some training and then came back uh, to Southern Cal. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to share some more specifics about the network of churches in that last message of the last week of the series. But for now, I'd like to give some brief perspective and talk about what what is the 17.6 network. Um, here's a pic uh, of our homepage. This is how you know an organization's legitimate. You have a website. <laughs> uh, just having fun up here. Um, but anyway, this is our homepage. And the, the picture that we've chosen for this is the picture of a bridge with piers. And the piers of the bridge in the picture represent the individual pastors and their churches. So one pier that's holding up the bridge. Um, individual ch- churches alone cannot accomplish, cannot have the same kind of impact we can together. An individual church has a local impact in a specific geographic location. But if we cooperate, we can go places together we can build bridges that we could never go alone. This is the way it is in life. This is the way it works across the board. Families working together, same thing. We can build bridges where we can never go alone. Um, work teams, same thing. This, this is, God has built this into the fabric of life. As a network, our vision is to see life-changing churches multiplying throughout the cities of the world. 
And we mean something specific by life-changing. I'll talk, I'll talk more about that uh, later. But since leaders are the ones who start and lead and develop uh, life-changing churches, our focus in the network is to train them, to train pastors and lay leaders, vocational ministry folks, and those who are not paid for ministry, Our focus is to train them to lead and develop life-changing churches. Our mission, then, is to equip and resource leaders to develop and multiply life-changing churches. Pretty clear, pretty simple. Uh, Easier said than done. But that's what we're working on. We're working on this together as pastors and churches to accomplish so much more than we could accomplish alone. We've decided to team together to do this, and as I said, there's some giant goals that we're going for uh, that we'll talk about in the last message of this series. You know, every team has a mission. Every team has a purpose that we're trying to accomplish. For the Dodgers, hey, well, hey, I had to mention the Dodgers. Okay, they're looking pretty good right now, 2-2. Um, got Kershaw going tonight. Anyway, sorry, I digress. Um, but every team, their, their mission, same as every major league team, to win the World Series. For the church, the mission is much larger. It's to change the world. So that's why we need life-changing churches that, that work together to do this. We're not trying to take over the world by force. Jesus didn't do that. He's our leader. But what we aim to do is plant seeds of God's grace that have the power to change lives and, therefore, to change the world. For all of the advances in science and technology, if you scratch below the surface, you'll find evidence that all is not well. In our world, the rise in global and personal conflict, the drop in emotional health point to a bigger problem. There's something at the root that science and technology can't get to. The world needs changing. We we need to change. We'd all love to be able to change it. Be the change. A bunch of pop songs on on that. You know, I, I, I'm sparing you because I'm not going to sing them right now. Um, we'd all love to change the world, but if we're thinking soberly about ourselves, we have to admit we don't have the power to change it. We have to lean on someone else. We have to lean on the God of the universe to do that. In sex, in Acts seventeen six, we read this about early Christians. These men who have turned the world upside down, have come here also. Now, Paul and Silas were two men who had started a handful of churches. They were visiting one of the churches in Thessalonica. And as they were visiting, the city authorities made this statement about some of their teammates. Actually, they were dragged to the center of the city, being beaten. And then this statement was made. These men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. 
God's plan is to change the world not through uniquely gifted individuals. But he uses ordinary, commonly gifted individuals who follow Christ, willing to band together in a church body who team to accomplish his mission in the world. The first four guys that Jesus invited to be a part of his team were common fishermen. He, he went down by the Sea of Galilee and he called them and they, they were doing their work. They were fishing. Fascinating. Common fishermen. And it's amazing to see what God has done through those men. The first 12. Their impact is all around us 2,000 years later. The largest movement in the history of the world began with those fishermen. And some of their friends. Or those who became their friends anyway. This verse, Acts 17, 6, stirred Harold's heart as he was probably while he was at Southern Cal studying, University of Southern California studying. It stirred his heart to plant Hope Church. And it was his desire to be used by God to lead a movement to turn the world upside down, which would put it right side up because it's upside down from God's way of looking at it. So we're the 17.6 network of churches. That, that might solve a mystery for you. What in the world is 17.6? Who knows what that is. But that's, that's why we're the 17.6 network. Um, our name comes from this verse. And this is our team, Church in the Valley's team, as a church. And God's team is like any, any other team. You don't join it generally. You join it specifically. You can't be an at-large baseball player in the major leagues. You, you play for the, if you're fortunate this year, the Los Angeles Dodgers or the Houston Astros, right? I mean, they're, they're, they've, they've got a shot at the mission still, winning the World Series. You, you can't play the game of baseball without joining a team. You cannot. There is no way. You, you just can't do it. Um, if I were to meet a professional baseball player, my first question would be, who do you play for? What team are you on? Second question, what position do you play? What role do you have? It's the same with God's team. If someone says that they're a Christian, the first obvious question should be, where? What church? Churches are the teams that God works through to do his work. This is how he accomplishes what he's doing in the world. The second question, what position? What role do you play in the church? According to the Bible, an individual Christian makes as much sense as an individual baseball player. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't work that way. That's not the way it plays out. Um, if we join with others, we can do our part. They can play their part. And the ultimate example of teamwork in Scripture is uh, the body. This is the metaphor, major metaphor that God chose to use through the writers of the Scripture was the body working together to 
accomplish life so that we can do life. That's the biggest picture. It's a major metaphor in the Bible used for the church. In the New Testament, you discover we were made to team together. When you and I decide to follow Jesus, he he begins to put life back together. It doesn't just go zap. But if you cooperate with him, if you work with him, he, he will lead you to bring things back together in your life. Not necessarily the way that you would like for them to, to come together because there are other people involved. They can make their choices. But you yourself, in the midst of the worst circumstances, can experience help and hope and guidance from, from the Lord. Um, if, if we cooperate with him and tap into the resources that God provides to help us, then he makes life more and more what he intended and gives us a significant purpose in living the life that we live. The church community is a major resource that God provides to grow and to live out his purpose in life. It's a major resource. As we team together, his, his hope is that we learn to team in families. We learn to team at work. We learn to team in ministry together as we serve him. If we tap into this resource by joining the church and contributing to its mission, we can team together to do what's really significant in life. Uh, as I mentioned, there were the first four guys that Jesus invited on his team were fishermen. Peter and Andrew were two of those uh, guys that Jesus invited to follow him. And, and here's how he brilliantly invited them. This is what he tells them. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Now, you can't push that too far. But he invited him them to join him in the most significant work on the face of the earth, which is finding people who are lost to God, helping them connect to God through Jesus Christ, and then helping them grow in him. This is our mission here at Church in the Valley. Now, when you and I think of fishing, it's likely that you think of grabbing a fishing pole and going to fish. It looks something like this guy right here. He's, he's alone. He's fishing. He's trying to catch, hopefully, some tasty fish that he can, he can eat. And, and that's, that's basically what we tend to think about. I, I went fishing. It's, it's interesting. I went fishing with my father-in-law one time on the San Francisco Bay. We were fishing for salmon. And we were all holding a pole. They were lined up around the boat, about 40 guys, lined up around the boat, and we were all fishing with a pole and trying to catch the fish. By the way, I caught the biggest fish on the boat that day. It was fun. Sorry, I digress again. I'm really having trouble staying focused. But this is, this is what we tend to think of here when we think of fishing, but this is what Jesus guys were thinking of. They were thinking of net fishing, working as a team so that you could pull more in than you could alone. This is what they had in their mind. 
Now, you can't push this metaphor too far. We don't throw out bait and try to hook people, or we don't drag people into the kingdom against their will, like these fish are being drug in against their will. We aim to help people who want to know what Jesus taught about forgiveness and eternal life understand it. We, we encourage them, folks, to commit their lives to follow Jesus Christ. And there is no enterprise on the face of the earth more significant. None. When we try to decide that when we try to follow Christ, though, we come in as individuals. You know, we 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 are on the boat and we think I'm going to just fish with my pole. I'm not going to fish with a net. I'm going to fish with my pole. And we do this in families today. See, see families at dinner. Everybody's on their phone. They're at dinner, but they're not really having dinner together. They're having dinner alone in the same place. And that that happens a lot. So it, it makes sense to us to do pole fishing, but what Jesus is thinking of in his enterprise, he's thinking of net fishing. We're working together so that we can do more together than we could alone. We, we relate in a small circle. Few members of our family and friends, typically, we, if we were to go fishing with them, we'd all fish with a pole. It takes some adjustment in, in, in our mindset to think to, to step into the body of Christ and learn how to team. And it's awkward. It's inconvenient. It's uncomfortable. But how worth it is it to team together so that you can get more done as a team, as a group, than you could alone? In Romans 12, the Apostle Paul Describes what what God does to equip us to work as a team. He also describes the shifts in thinking that we need to make to be successful as a team. Romans 12.3 says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned him. God didn't intend for life to be an individual sport. We were made to work as a team to accomplish what's important in life. Family teams, work teams, ministry teams, church teams. For sure, church life and ministry is a team sport. That's why there's a warning in this passage not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. Because what happens if you get proud? I don't need any help. I got this wired. We can do this with our family life. We can do this with our work situations. If I think too highly of myself, that I don't need the help of the people around me. I don't need input. I don't need advice. I don't need encouragement. I, I'm just out there fishing alone, and I'm hurting myself. It is inconvenient. It's awkward. It's uncomfortable to team together and fish with a net. But wow, what a difference it makes. I, it's a privilege for me as well to team with the other guys that are going to be speaking to you in this message series. But to team together, I can't think of myself more highly than I ought to think. Nobody would want to work with me if I thought I knew everything and had the best way of cooperating. That, that just repels people. 
I, I have to admit that I don't have it all together, that I need some of the gifts of the other guys in order to work together. Romans 12 goes on to say, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not have all the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. When a group of people team to accomplish a goal in unity, the impact is multiplied. Our 17-6 network team of pastors and members and churches uh, have a distinct mission that unifies us. It's, it's our DNA. And what we aim to do is create churches that are life-changing churches. And what we mean by that is the churches in our network, we're all working to create a culture that embodies the things that are important to God. A kingdom culture. God's kingdom culture. This is what we're trying to do. This requires a laser focus and a concerted effort because the world at large is swimming the opposite direction of God's values. It needs to be turned upside down. The specific focus on creating church cultures uh, that shape values brings our churches in the network together to work toward building a common DNA to accomplish a common mission. Our DNA is found in our values. And all of our churches are committed to living out these values. We're, we've described them in what we call the heart attitudes. This is basically our relational covenant in our church body. But there are seven heart attitudes that come right out of Scripture. They're connected to principles and passages you find in the Scripture. And they grow out of that. Things like... Um, I will put the goals and interests of others above my own. So I get in a situation. I'm already thinking about my interests. But if I'm going to really love the people around me, I take care of my interests in a way where I'm looking out for theirs. In the same situation, I'm going to live an honest and open life. I'm not going to hide. I'm not going to present. I'm going to live with integrity. I'm not going to present a picture on the outside that doesn't match the inside of who I am. So things like that. Those are the... Those are relational values. The first four of those have to do with interpersonal relationships. The last three have to do with the way you relate to the church body at large. And if, if, if you live those out, you are blessed across the board. If you live by the hard attitudes, your family thrives, your work life, you do so much better at work. Ministry moves forward. We can keep working together without getting completely sideways with each other. That, that, that's the way it is. So this is something that brings us together as a, a network. Our DNA is also found in personal and project values. And we have one sheet of paper that lists all these. But things like faith, humility, teachability, patience. Uh, serving, the value of people, buying up opportunities. These are values that we hold. So as we do church life together, as we're trying to accomplish our mission, we're, these are the things that we're trying to, to do, do it by. We're trying to live by these values and live them out as we, as we do church life. And we want to develop a specific team spirit. We want it to be cohesive, 
We want to have a can-do attitude. We want what we do to be sharp, and we want to include other people in what we're doing. These kingdom values, these are important to God. You, these are, we have not put these into the Bible. They have come out of the Bible. <laughs> they have come out of God's heart and out of what's important to him. This is the DNA of all our churches. If we do this, it will turn the, the world upside down. If we can multiply more and more churches that have these values, it will turn the world upside down from the way it is now, which is right side up in God's mind. So this is what we're trying to do. Like the pastors that you'll be hearing from, each of our churches have a different mix of gifts and strengths. We're working together in a way that's multiplying progress toward our mission. Romans 12, 6 says, Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. That's, kind of, that's what Harold was saying. Team, pull together, go shoulder to shoulder. Make the effort to work toward the mission. There's strength and stability in doing that. You will not find if you fish alone. It has a compounding effect on every area of your life as you learn to live these values out. We can only experience the strength as each church uses their gifts to serve one another. And in the church, we serve one another. Most churches don't go shoulder to shoulder like we do with these other churches. But what we want to do in this series is show you the benefit, show you why. Introduce you to some of the pastors, let them tell you about their church. And I believe you'll gather the benefits not only of teaming as churches, but teaming in your own life. Because there are tremendous parallels as we do this. So I'd like to invite you back to hear from my friends and learn more about our network of churches and the important mission that we're trying to accomplish together. As I wrap up this morning, I encourage you to think through a way to respond personally to this, this message. Is there a next step that God would want you to take? Here are some suggested next steps. Uh, on, they're on your listening guide, the handout on the back of it, and on your connection card as well. But... First next step could be to attend the rest of the series and learn more about the network, meet my friends and hear them. And then another next step could be to join the team here at Church in the Valley. If you've attended preview, uh, follow through. Maybe your next step is to follow through and go to 101, which is the next step in membership to learn more about it. That's the final step. There's just two Two classes, previews, a brief, a brief class. If you haven't been to preview, maybe that's your next step. Go to preview and find out just broad, general. It's about an hour. You serve lunch. You can find out just what we're all about, ask questions. And if you have, then go to 101. But those are some steps. There may be others that the Lord's laid on your heart as things have clicked as I've talked. I encourage you to take those steps. Let's ask God for help. Father, we thank you for the truth of your word that really does help us. God, as we live out your values, our life gets better and better. And I pray that, God, you, you would help, that you'd give strength, help, encouragement, power, 
to do exactly what you want us to do in this life. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.